0: On this episode of Rezi Week, OLED, not for displays, but for lighting. Control 4 is going around the world to train all its dealers, plus looking at networking for home AV. All that and more, next on Rezi Week.
1: The network for the AV industry.
2: What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is, is AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation.
0: This is Resi Week, Episode Sixteen, recorded Monday, May Sixteenth, Two Thousand Sixteen. Learn and change. Resi Week is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like Crestron. This is Resi Week, the weekly look at the uh, residential and uh, home automation segment of the AV industry. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. With us this week. Uh, my buddy, pal, from New Jersey, Mr. Todd Anthony Puma. Hello, sir. I'm doing well. Tim, how are you, brother? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, a couple of new timers here, so be nice to them if you would, please. <laughs> Todd. Uh, first and foremost, Doug Seaman. Doug is from Echo Systems. Welcome, sir.
3: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. And also uh, from Fibaro, uh Mr. Rich. Be- I, Rich, I didn't even ask you how to pronounce your last name. How do you pronounce your last name? Very simple Bira. Bira. I almost had it right. I should have just gone with my gut. How are you, sir? Good. Thanks
2: for having me on the show. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Uh, also, if you've never watched or, or listened to this program, what we do is we take uh, three or four stories <laughs> uh, around the world of residential AV, uh, chop them up, synopsize them, and uh, get these fine, um, fine smart people's uh, take on exactly what's going on with it. First and foremost, uh, from our buddies over at CE Pro, Control 4 is doing some interesting things. And um So, uh, what was it, back in February, right before ISC, actually, um, they announced the purchase of PackEdge, which is PackEdge is a a network company that makes switches and stuff, primarily primarily for the the home market, uh, but they do have some commercial applications. Publicly traded company. What they announced last week was a 42, count them, 42 city dealer training tour. Um that's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot, and uh, according to their uh, what what their their announcement, they're dubbing it the Smart Home Essentials Tour. Todd, I'm going to start with you on this. Um, forty two. First of all, forty two cities is a lot. What do you think they're hoping to accomplish in getting out there and getting to the top? For I'm going to say the top forty two, but the forty two markets that they're t- calling, you know, kind of their key areas. Um, and the reason I'm asking is coming from the world of broadcast. You start looking at, at market sizes and, and market demographics. You know the top 25 cities, right, are, are really where people focus on. You start getting in the top 30, and the top 40. You're talking about places like you know Springfield, Massachusetts, right? smaller s- smaller areas, smaller towns. You start getting in the top 40, and the top 50. It's even smaller than that. So the fact that they they've hit on this number and, and are going out after after the, these 42 areas. What do you think they're hoping to accomplish by, by going out and, and, and into the field and, and, and training their, their dealers?
1: It's all about brand awareness at this point and owning the market. Obviously, the smart home has become a standard at this point in time, and it's on everyone's you know tongues. Customers are asking for it, uh, journalists are talking about it in all different markets, TV personalities are talking about it, and now they need to make sure that their dealers are aware, and if they don't have dealers in those states or those areas, to make them more aware, uh, bringing package into the mix, being the one of the first you know, companies to acquire, a networking company, and to say, hey, listen, you guys need to figure out how to build a stable network in the home environment. It's not no longer just for the enterprise or commercial market. It's happening in their home. Here's what you need to know. Here's the education that is being put into place. Here's what we didn't know before, but now we do by having package here. Uh, and it's kind of retraining the guys who are uh, currently there and who they're possibly looking on bringing on staff. You know, Control 4 has definitely been a competitor uh for a lot of different companies like Savant's, you know, Elon. Um, uh and they came to in my eyes, they came out of nowhere and pretty much took over, you know, a big portion of New York's market, New Jersey's market. Uh there's dealers on every corner at this point. Uh, and that's not by mistake it's because they are making fantastic products that are easy to use and also easy to implement in people's homes and if people did not know how easy it is to use they're building these trainings to get in front of people who they couldn't get to before maybe who couldn't travel out to their three locations where they do their trainings mm-hmm. um, a blog a few weeks ago i wrote about is manufacturers investing that five thousand dollar opening order Uh, And kind of looking and trying the products and taking a chance with these uh, manufacturers. This is kind of something in a way what I was talking about is they're giving you an opportunity to learn a little bit more about their products and possibly implement their product line into your basket of you know solutions that you offer to your clients i think it's a great move and you know what i'm looking for more manufacturers to take a step like this and to get out there and go to every single city just like guns and roses is doing at this point oh, so c4 is guns and roses at this point not in this lifetime no, tour they're not. doing it no they're not please
2: don't. <laughs> let me interject isn't yes. that worldwide though it's not just in. it the is industry. worldwide yeah that was i was
0: going to get to that when i when i got to you uh, because rich the one thing about that is You've got, you know, it is forty actually forty two cities around the world. A lot, most of them are in the U.S., but you've got uh, Dubai because that's where their last training is. You've got a number of, of of Latin America and Asia Pacific countries. How do you how do you not just logist, logistically do that, but when you set apart because if if is a is a manufacturer, um, mm-hmm. how do you set apart set, set about saying okay these are our most important cities, these are our most important markets.
2: I mean, there's different, you know. So Fabaro, we ourselves are in a hundred different countries, uh, about 103, I think, (laughs) the last count. Um, We're, you know, we're our headquarters is based out of Poland, uh, so we're very strong out in Europe. uh, Dubai, uh, we're actually in there as well too. So, you know, it comes down to, you know, we've got uh, different product managers for different regions, different uh, key stakeholders, and Um, as, you know, certain markets, we're we're very big in telco too, so um, we do a lot of uh, telco training for, like, Orange out in France, uh, Germany. Um, So it it really kind of depends where the, you know, the business is being driven uh, that we, you know, have to put some uh, extra resources in. Um, So it's not an easy answer, especially when you're dealing with other countries and you've got other languages. Uh, it, It becomes pretty challenging.
0: Speaking of that, let's talk about that for a second. The the, the multi language thing. Um, I mentioned ISC when I started talking about Control Four. I went to to ISC again this year, and um, in in my copious amounts of spare time at any trade show, um, I happened to to uh, connect with with the folks over at Extron, who have a, a location right there in uh, in actually it's Am- in Amherst Fort, which is which is adjacent to Am- Amsterdam. Um, they don't manufacture anything there, but, but, but there's a large uh, distribution facility. And they were showing me this, this giant uh, farm of, of cubicles that where everybody, not even cubicles, it was like a big group work group. And each person had on their desk the, the various countries that they were serving. And it wasn't just customer support, it was language translation. It was, you know, um, customer support in that na- in their native language. So you had native speakers who also spoke English so they could translate between the, the um, information that came out of, out of Anaheim, which is where Extron's um, corporate headquarters is, into local language. How important is that when you're trying to expand and you're trying to get into these other regions?
2: It, it's extremely important. I can tell you that, you know, um, you know, our company being based out of Poland, even I think we're, we have uh, our manuals come in 17 different languages for our products, uh, and besides the 17 languages that our products are in, um, you know, we have a controller too as well. The controller itself can translate into 17 or 18 different languages. We do have people, you know, in our headquarters that do speak the different languages, and And there's such an importance in translating, you know, the difference between, let's say like Europe and here in the United States, there's a lot more explanation that happens in home automation. Here, the messaging has to be faster, more abrupt, shorter, um, more precise. Um, And if you try to do something just like in a Google Translate, it's not going to work because it's not going to resonate with the consumers, which are the end market. Um, and, and you've got to make sure that, that that touch point, you know, when the consumer is seeing the product or the manuals or, you know, even, you know, some manufacturers, you know, they have uh, access to settings. They have to, have to be crystal clear. Otherwise, it's not a good experience for the customer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Doug, let's come back to the the actual uh, control four and, and, and honestly um, package and stuff. Todd said something, and a part of the quote from the from the piece from CE Pro says, uh, "The networking landscape is changing rapidly from the number of connected devices in a home to how much data is being consumed. Right. How much is is how much is control for having to get the the integrator at this point the the home professional um, up to speed on stuff like this, and how much is already happening."
3: Ooh, that's a deep question. <laughs> um, how many layers are in that that onion right there? Oh, very um, and very well done. Um, obviously, you've got a history of of AV guys. You've got decades and decades of I'll call them analog boys, okay. um, for lack of a better term. Um, it's a new world for all of us. But if you don't, you know, commit to the fact that the network is everything, you're gonna fall behind. You're gonna get steamroll in the next whatever time period, two, three, five years, we can all see it coming. Um, I, I always think back to an article by Mark Andreessen where he, where he said software is eating the world. That's pretty much what's happening to the, the entire AV industry right now. Um, Rich Vergosa said it on a few of these podcasts, but you've got to understand total integration picture from hardware to software to services. You've got to wrap your head around the entire picture. And that includes networking, and that includes knowing how a network is designed, built, installed, and
0: serviced. I agree. No, I, would, I would as well. It's
3: just that simple. I mean,
1: get on the board to train or get steamrolled. Or get steamrolled, yeah, absolutely. At this point, I, I, don't, I think that the sale is a lot easier for the end user or the customer uh, to understand how to upgrade a network because I feel in their home it is what's most important to them their Wi-Fi, using their phones, you know, going on their laptops, streaming YouTube videos, streaming, you know, their wedding videos, whatever they might have, they understand that how important the network is. And Time Warner Cable and the cable manufacturers have been doing a pretty good job on educating the clients, you know, with their added broadband services, you know, Verizon every day, oh, we give 100 by 100, you know, we match, 100 download by 100 upload, and that plants seeds in customers' minds, even though we don't realize it, but it helps to make our job a little bit easier but again other companies are making it a little more challenging on the other end like Amazon Echo and Apple TV and manufacturers are more DIY it just they're just saying oh it could be done with just a, an app and just here it goes and you have a whole home automation system with one app control it's very easy to do So at this point we're dealing with that double-edged sword uh, and a lot more challenges are happening. Like you were saying, Rich Fagosa, you know, I work with Rich on every project at this point. And Rich and I have always talked to our clients and the one thing that we always go through and the expectations we set is networking first. We don't talk about the Crestron system. We don't talk about the system we're implementing at home. We don't talk about the programming. We talk about this. Okay, your network. What are we going to do about that? Here's what we need to do and we educate them on that first with one phone call. Then the next phone call goes into the whole home automation. We want to make sure that with the words we're speaking to them is in planting and the seeds are being planted in their head and they're understanding how important it is to have a robust network for what we're putting in their home, even if it's not a big restaurant system. It could just be your everyday devices you're putting in your home. How many iPads, how many iPhones, how many Apple TVs, whatever it may be.
3: That's exactly what we do too. I mean, we 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 have that conversation about you know, how many kids are in the home, how many devices do you have? You ever had Netflix freeze up on you? You ever had video yeah, okay. games freeze up on you? Those types of conversations lead into the networking and the infrastructure planning because without that, nothing else
0: can happen. So let me ask this, and understand that I'm still learning this whole residential thing, so forgive me for the stupid <laughs> question. God I come you. from thank you. <laughs> I, I come from education, I come from commercial, right? where we don't have these conversations. We we have departments for this. We ha- we have people, right? We we have IT departments that, you know, God love them, we we have sometimes we have to fight with, right, about getting on the network. Let me see if I can I can understand this and, 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 and Doug and Todd, I'm I'm expecting you and, and Rich if you want to jump in, cool. Am I understanding you guys to basically say that you are basically the IT contractor as well as the A V yes. contractor? Okay. Interesting. Very. We've had
3: to learn IT. We've had to learn, you know, DHCP. We've had to learn WAPs. We've had to learn routers and switches, and we've had to learn network security permissions just because it comes with the territory.
0: Makes sense. And the, and the, the more secure and stable that system is, the more secure and stable your system will be. So
3: Right, it's a, it's a quality control issue.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: If we're going to put our name on a project, we're not going to leave anything to chance. Yeah. Some companies, you know, make it a lot easier for us to set up and implement those kind of systems. You know, Package is one of them. Package, you know, pretty much sets it up for you. They go through step by step, and they're and um and they explain to you the VLAN procedures, STP protocol, uh, certain products that uh, you have, maybe strong control force Avant or Sonos, you have to go by a certain protocol. Um, and I feel that their training structure and the way they educate their dealers is pretty much one of the best that I have dealt with. Cisco Meraki is another one. Uh, and that's all really I've dealt with at this point.
0: <laughs> well, and, and the reason, uh, good Lord, a month or so ago, um, we had on um, a guy from Access Networks. And it was, it was supposed to be a full show, had a couple people drop off at the last minute. And so it was just me and me and Hagai, right? Great conversation. And I learned so much. And they're similar in the fact that their focus is the network infrastructure for the home market. Um, Learned so much from that conversation. So, yeah, I mean, you guys are very
1: interesting. Them. let's be honest here right the network to put that on the table to have someone else do it that's a lot of money hmm? right now that's our generate that's how we generate you know revenue on and on a daily basis you know that's our residual that's how we get into the customers home maintain their system VPN in, make changes to the programming to firmware updates uh, the list goes on and on without the network and owning that networking hand it over to someone else you pretty much hand it over I feel basically 40% of my revenue at this point and growing
3: and a lot of it comes down to service too, you know, we you know, there's products and services out there like IEG, and I know there's others, um, you know, that let you as an integrator manage your client's expectations and their systems. And, and you get notified ahead of time to be more proactive on your, in your service.
0: Hmm. Very interesting. All right. Learn something new. That's my whole point is I learned something new every day. And that was one of them. All right, guys. Uh, let's talk about my favorite subject. OLED. Uh, and this is not where you think. That, oh, good lord! God loves restaurant or uh, Charter <laughs> and their wonderful commercials. If you're not familiar, Charter just bought who'd they buy? Um, Three cheers
3: for advertising! Eh? Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Time Warner. So good. Yeah. Oh my! Yeah. If you if you enjoy, uh, well, I enjoy my Charter because that's actually what I'm talking to you on now. So don't cut me off, Charter. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is from Strategy. Com. Not an advertiser, I pay him, you know, a healthy amount every month. Um, uh, deepening investment, LG is going into mass manufacturing of OLED light panels. Light panels. Now, um, as we scroll through this lovely article by our buddy uh, Mr. Ted Green, uh, one of the things that that really popped in my head was this flexible lighting panel uh, made by LG. And if you're not, if you're listening to the audio version, just click on the on the story if you go to our page. So here's where this has kind of evolved for me. I've been a big fan of OLED panels for displays, right? I think there's a lot of possibilities there. I think there's a lot of future there, although many manufacturers have not yet figured out a way to make <clears> money make <throat> make money consistently with them. In the um, mass consumer market, yes, you can go out and you can purchase one for roughly ten, 000, twelve thousand dollars $12,000. But as far as there's a magic number somewhere around between a thousand and two thousand and $2,000 where they really start hitting. Uh, Doug, we'll start with you on this. Is, I guess my best question is, is, is is there a market in the home for uh, OLED um, lighting?
3: Well, interesting you should ask. Our company started out in the lighting business. Um, so the origins of our, our entire company is we sold lights, we sold fixtures, um, we're big in Lutron lighting control, um, and... We have a full-time lighting designer on staff. And I was asking him specifically about this article and what he thought of OLED lighting and fixtures and what it's doing to the market. And he explained to me that from his perspective as a lighting designer, um, what's driving this is the TV market. Um, the idea of mass manufacturing, a new technology. you know It's, it's a lot like the uh, the drug company model where it's High R&D costs, uh, high initial price, but then mass market brings it down. But the other thing you have to think about is OLED as a fixture is a lot more energy efficient. He said up to 50% less than even LED. Um, And it's also in the, uh, uh, there's a CRI, which is, I don't remember what it stands for, but it's how accurate is the lighting color, the hue, the temperature, that sort of thing. OLED is a lot more accurate uh, relative to halogen. Hmm. The LED, but from a design standpoint, he loves it. Um, He said he's going to wait for it to become more mass market because it's still unproven. But it is an interesting uh, parallel to the uh, uh, display market.
0: All right, Mr. Todd, what do you think as far as, as getting lighting into the into the home from OLED?
1: You know, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the whole LED uh, part of the lighting uh it, it's been a little bit of a challenge you know with picking fixtures and if this fixture is going to work with this lighting switch and you know get depending on designers and certain lighting fixtures that they're using uh now all led is coming and it's just you know for me it's, it's just something else we're gonna have to learn uh am i excited about it i can't say at this point but you know based on what doug was just saying 50 uh in a reduced cost was it Energy consumption. Said, energy, energy consumption consumption yeah. and closer to a halogen right there. Those are the two points that I would definitely uh, like because whenever I'm placing the LED lights, you know, my own personal home and a customer's home. the first thing they complain about, even if it is closer to, you know, the light 2700, uh, it might be. They're still saying it's a little whiter um, and or it's dimmer than it was before. So I think OLED will be more true to the color. Um, and I think that would stop so many uh, conversations or issues from happening, you know, back and forth with lighting, lighting designers and clients at that point.
2: Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, 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 if I could interject yeah, here, I think that, that OLED is, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely still a few years out, but the, it, OLED is, is also going to change a little bit the, the, per, the way that lighting is done. And, you know, I, I think we're all uh, accustomed to the halogens and then the LED light bulbs that have replaced it. And, you know, now we see... LED light strips, which we use quite a bit, you know, because we make a micro little LED switch uh, lighting control. But OLED has is is definitely a smoother um, kind of LED distribution. So you can look as you looked in that picture. It's flexible. There's going to be a lot different applications. Like so, you you'll notice that OLED's already being used in uh, cars uh, for lighting. So like dashboards. There's lighting that could go around curves. Um, you know several years ago i already saw the oled applications where it's transparent you'll be able to throw it up on glass and then you know sun will come through and then all of a sudden at night you could turn it on and it looks like you know natural sunlight i mean that's it's going to be years before it gets there but it's going to it's going to drastically change how lighting is even done
3: yeah i think it's a part of a much bigger trend in the lighting industry in general um i was going back going back to the uh our lighting designer on staff. I was asking him about other issues in the lighting world. He recently came back from Light Fair, which is their big annual trade show. And he was describing to me not only OLED lights, but the concept of lighting fixtures, including distributed sensors you know, for things like uh, logistics and, and uh, motion detection. The idea that a lot of the sensors that we I- install externally right now will become part of a light fixture and these manufacturers are getting into the the business of data mining based on those um, built-in sensors and that was a mind bender for me
0: well and then that, that right there is, is that that gets back to a conversation we've had a couple different times about um <clears throat> signage right where you get you got all these different sensors and all this data collection and, and honestly i don't think but a couple of companies are really utilizing that information Yet. I, I think Doug makes a good point where we're, we're, we're yet to see exactly where, the, where we're going to end up with this. So, uh, All right, from our good friend, uh, Mr. John Siaka, who, who graced these very airwaves a couple of weeks ago. Ten product features I'd like to see from manufacturers. And, Rich, yes, we're going to beat up on you. So... <clears throat> Um, not all of these apply to you, obviously, uh, we're going to go through this real quick and then, and Doug and, and, and Todd, I'm going to give you one or two shots of of things you'd like to add to this. And Rich, I'm actually going to give you the opportunity to say, you know, a couple things you'd like to see from your dealers, right? So you get to beat up on them. Uh, John says detachable power cords, IP controllability. I 100% agree with him on this, uh, remote, uh, support rear IR connection. If you can't give IP control, at least give the folks the opportunity to put those big ugly IR emitters on the back end for crying out loud! Absolutely, uh, dimmable, defeatable front p- uh, panel lights. Absolutely, video splash screen when you're when you're off. Nah, not a happy idea. Analog audio outputs and make it rack m- rack mountable. Um, oh yeah, yeah, it, it, and I can see some of that. I can also see where you know. Middle Atlantic and and some others make some very fine rack, um, rack uh, shelves. So if it's not rack mountable, you can just get a shelf.
1: Yeah, but they do. But they also increase costs for you know more of the middle it's market. It's ten bucks. No, no, not at all. It's it's two hundred dollar call. It's usually two hundred dollars, and I'm not going to say what our cost is. Okay. But it's 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 expensive to build those custom right. rack shelves. Right. You know, I I agree with going with them, but. The middle market guys—they're the ones who we are suffering, and that's why the racks look so horrible.
0: Oh, okay, all right. So, Todd, <laughs> since you're up, you you give me one or two things to add to this list.
1: Oh no, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna let Doug take this okay, one. Okay, Doug, go ahead.
3: Yeah. Um, you know, lockable front buttons and panels. Mm, uh, yep. How about that?
0: That that's uh, definite.
3: Discrete power. I don't know if he said that. Discrete power. everywhere. that was in
0: some of his uh, in the yeah the discrete yeah. power uh, controls. Yeah. So. Um, um,
3: modular design for things like preamps controllers receivers upgradability scalability yep
0: big fan of that there's a there's a couple of, of actually cell phone manufacturers not to get off too much of a trail that are that are looking at that modular ability, right where you have one base yeah. unit and then you have the ability as uh, devices and items um, can be upgraded like the light sensor, like the, uh, the lenses, like the camera itself, you basically take it apart and slap, slap the new one on. So
3: I kind of feel like somebody should make a poster of a DB nine connector and say, I ain't dead yet, Mm. (laughs) but there's still legacy equipment out there that needs it, uses it. But if we're talking to manufacturers, I'd say, you know, kill that bad boy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, Rich, what's a couple of things that you'd like to see back from your dealers, from the folks that are, slapping the putting this stuff in and, and, and dealing with this on a daily basis? Uh,
2: you know, so we deal a lot in the the Z-Wave world. Um, our products, you know, talk on a different protocol. So, uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, manufacturers starting to adopt, uh, Z-Wave, uh, within their systems, but it's, it's somewhat of an add on. Um, and it's tough when you're adding different protocols to work with legacy systems, um, and, and there's uh, education, and I, I, I'd probably say one of the, the tough things that I, I'd love to see dealers do more, spending time on, on educating themselves. Um, you know, Z-Wave's fairly new still into the, you know, AV world. Um, you know, companies like URC's got an add-on. Um, Savant's got an add-on, but it's all through Neos. <clears throat> and there's, um, you know, some of our dealers that do the installations with Z-Wave, but they understand the older systems and, you know, their, their world. Um, they sometimes don't know how a Z-Wave network, it's a mesh network, how it works. So, you know, taking the time to Z-Wave themselves, the Alliance, is trying to do a really good job of educating. Um, they started last year at CDO with uh, Z-Wave uh, certification programs. But it, it's, you know, education, you know, I, 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 I'm constantly learning myself. You know, I spend a lot of time reading about different uh, protocols and systems, and I wish sometimes the dealers would do that. <laughs> Yeah. Why, why do
1: you feel that we don't? What, what no, do you feel the reasons I, are? And to be candid here. You know, you don't have. You can say whatever you have to say. To be honest with us, because I'm I, one I, of the dealers, right? Yeah. At this
2: point, I, I definitely think that there's there's definitely dealers that do, but then there's some dealers that are, um, you know, that have been around for a long time, and they don't want to adopt to the new stuff coming, and they're 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 sticking more with what they know versus trying to figure out the new things because those are the, the customers are the ones that are coming in and saying, Hey, I want Sonos or Hey, I want, you know, that nest thermostat, you know, where these, some of these dealers are, are sticking with what they've known and they're not trying to see how to integrate that within the, the system. So I'm not saying this is across the board for everybody, but I, I see two sides of the coin and I love the ones that, you know, are educating and know their stuff and, and adopting, uh, because that's what's going to make dealers survive. Is because, you know, this world of IoT is only getting really—it's accelerating. It's getting faster. And you know, a year from now, we'll be talking about, you know, a lot of different <clears throat> things that are connected that you would never think were connected. And the end consumers are coming in and asking for that. Yeah. Right. And how do we offer,
1: how do we not offer our customers what they're looking for? Again, I understand if it's not a test to tech, you know, technology and it's something that could be a disadvantage to them and they, we have to properly educate them. But how are we not educating ourselves? And, you know, if we're a business, we're supposed to constantly keep changing and growing and learning and understanding what's out there. If we put a wall up and say, eh, I'm not doing that, uh, it's, uh, this is what I do, this is what I know, sorry, not going past this wall. Then, where are we going to get as an industry? Or well, where are those guys going to get as an industry? They're just going to have guys like myself and other competitors just take over their market and take their clients. And they're going to say, you know, the question that they all say is I don't understand why. I don't understand why my business went down 50%. You know, this clearly is something that is happening. I, I'm going to fire John from uh, marketing. He sucks. I'm going to fire Daniel from uh, programming. He's obviously not doing a great job. But it's it's all starting from the top, and what you're saying is true. I hear this every day, and when I go to CEDIA, I love hearing those stories from the you know the the, the veterans, which I respect. But the one thing they all say is, I am not going to test this crap. You know, uh, what's that? Crestron? They have 12 different pieces of crap out. I, I don't like any of it. It doesn't work. Um, do you have you tested? No, no, I don't do networking. Networking that 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 stuff don't work. Networking. What is that? Come on, that's for commercial business. I'm a residential guy. We have Crestnet. We don't do that. You know, it, I'm so sorry for those guys
0: one
1: bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you know. know what? Well, hang right. on. deserve Doug's, to go out of
0: business. Yeah, Doug. Doug makes a good point, right? Cedia has done a good job. Infocom has done a good job. The yes. manufacturers have done a good job of of basically not. I'm not going to say spoon feeding because that sounds you know childish, but presenting the information in several different areas and letting you guys know that are out there. Look, this is what's coming right this is what what's coming. this is where the industry is this these are where your clients are. This is what you probably should learn to Doug's point. I don't feel sorry for them i mean i do i I feel sorry for their employees right That's who are, I forget, right who are still you know in those organizations, but you know <clears throat> for the folks who have been given who have been given this information for the last i don't know ten fifteen years eh,
3: how many times can we say convergence?
0: <laughs> too many. Good God! Oh man!
1: <laughs> Stop it! Sorry. But the the industry at this point, the industry at this point isn't listening. They're you know Control Four and this article with CE Pro and is you know they're training. Well, they're, they're going. Are, to they right? I mean, some yeah. of them are right. They're, 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 a, a lot of you people too are. are. It's,
0: I, I mean, you seriously? I'm, I'm not, and I'm not picking on you too, because you're here in front of me. But, but, but Todd and Doug, you both are. You're listening. You've educated yourselves. You've educated your employees. You've changed the strategy of your company to reflect what's going on, right? For borrow has right. They're 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 not running you know copper to every single device. They're getting in involved with Z Wave, and it, like he said, you know, Rich said it's a, it's a mesh network. It, it, there are there are a handful of probably very vocal, and, and like Todd said, old school, um, I almost said old dogs, but old school folks who, who will complain, right? And, and they'll complain when they're in their retirement homes and the rest of us can go about our business and, and make money.
1: Well, we can make quick money. That's the thing <laughs> yeah. is products that are coming out there. You know, these new network solutions and products like, you know, Crestron Ping. I could speak behalf only on Crestron since that's the products I offer. But Crestron Ping, you get the jobs done in half the time. You can have products sold and you're in and out of the customer's house and they're happy. And it's all done through an app. And from there, you know, you're implementing a new solution and you keep on going through more and more product sales. How would you not want to do that? Why would you want to go in and hardwire, you know, the whole house and offer – just one solution to the clients. Why not have multiple solutions and get into that IoT and the new you know, millennials, whatever you guys call them at this point, are dealing with all these new and great technologies. If you're not stepping in their doorstep and offering them things that they feel is cool and you're offering them this complete – you know, a package for $100,000, that's another thing that they're not going to want to spend. The new millennials, they think it could be done cheaper. Yeah. You know, you're just going to be – you're literally going to be a doormat. People are just going to step on you on the way to business and they're going to keep doing it. So guys, whoever's out there and who's stuck in their ways, learn and change. I'm doing it every day. I there's companies out there that I don't want to sell and I don't want to offer, but you know what? We have to.
3: No. It's just part I of just think thing. you have to be you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yep, I like at that. Certain times. Yeah, I like that too. Get out right. of your comfort zone, stretch yourself and learn.
2: Yeah, I like yeah. and even when you go to Cedia, go go check out the, the new stuff don't just go check out the regular stuff yep. that you always check out you know I, I mean I've been this will be my fourth year doing Cedia with Fibaro. Um, you know we love the, the dealers that come up and you know what's Z way what is this and you know they want to learn but you know I, I know that there's a lot of dealers that go to those shows and they just go visit the ones that they normally visit and you know it's they, they stay in their siloed approach and it's almost like the other stuff doesn't even exist
1: exactly. I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of that. Well and and I'm breaking out of
2: it. Yeah. Yeah, but at least you're sitting around you you spend the time when maybe you're not you know, you're doing the research at home, you're doing the research and then you're going there and you're checking out the ones that you know, versus some people, you know, they they're never even doing the research. They're never even figuring or just listen to your customers. If you've got ten customers over the last, you know, three, four months that have asked you for sonos, but you're still doing wired systems and you don't want to do sonos, you know, start Listening to them as that gets a little bit louder, you know, they need to, you know, adjust a little bit. I think
0: I agree. Let me let me re- relay a story to you from last year's CD and then we'll, we'll get going here. Um, I'd never heard of this company before. Right. Um, and, and and Todd knows there's a lot of, of really great uh, public relations PR folks that that we have connection with Um and they'll pitch us an idea, and, and if it makes sense, right, we'll say yes. And if it doesn't, we don't. It's kind of how AV Nations works, you know. it's agnostic and, and kind of, um, you know, whatever. And our good friend Joyce, um, uh Essek, she had moved from from one company to another, and she sends me this 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 pitch, and it's for a company called Claire Controls. Never heard of Claire Controls before in my life. I'll be very honest. And she showed me some of the screenshots and showed me some of the integration they were doing. And at the time, um, they were probably one of the first companies that were doing integration with uh, Amazon Echo. I think some other ones have, have come along since then. Uh, but they were one of the first. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So you've got a control system. You've got Amazon Echo. Sure, I'll, I'll check it out. And as luck would have it, made a, a really good friendship with it. And I was genuinely impressed. Now, I'm, I'm not no longer a dealer, right? I never was a residential dealer. But I look at this thing going, okay, okay. I can see a use case for this. I can see a, a business case for this. Um, and it was because I, I took the advice of a, of a trusted friend, right? Somebody that I had a relationship with and she made a good case for, for going to see these folks and, and we did and we had a good time. And so I would encourage those who going to info uh, to going to see you, uh in the fall. And if you're going to Infocom, and we'll talk to Doug here in a second about He's going and, and why check out the 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 ones that you don't normally do, right go see the 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 10 by ten booths or the two by two booths right um, infocom has the innovation showcase uh, cdia typically has the rookie row. go see these folks because they've poured their heart and soul into into this product that they think you're going to love and there's gonna be two things that happens. first of all, you're going to learn something that you probably didn't know going in. And secondly, they're going to get from you feedback on why this works or why it doesn't. Right. So that's that right there is, is the two way street of any trade show. Right. So whether it's Faparo or it's Claire or even it's Crestron. Right. Um, yes. Crestron is the big, you know, 50 pound gorilla at Infocom. They learn stuff from you. Trust me. Um, you're going to walk in there and go, why'd you do that? and an engineer is going to be brought over, <laughs> and questions will be had.
2: Trust I've, me. I've, I've, and, and I've been there. You yeah. Know, like, I remember when we started at Cedia, you know, several, you know, four years ago, uh, listening to the dealers and the stuff, and, you know, I myself would turn around and talk to the engineers and, you know, ask the questions, and, um, you know, we're, we're constantly evolving. Our, yep. our, our R&D department alone has got over 100 people in it, and wow. we're just – you know, we design and manufacture everything ourselves, so we have that ability to take our, you know, small motion sensor or door/window and do, you know, different and innovative things. And you know, uh, Clear Controls, those guys are great. They use our stuff already in their system too. Um, you know, it's uh, we definitely learn. We learn a lot from from the different folks that come up to us.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: All right, if go I ahead. can just tag yeah, on to
0: something.
3: Tag on to what Todd said earlier about putting up a wall there's a difference and I, I know there's a history of over promising on the part of manufacturers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's a difference between putting up a wall and saying no and being skeptical, but open yep. to new ideas. And that, that difference is critical.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. And that, that right there is where we'll leave it. So gentlemen, thank you so much. Uh, Rich uh, from, uh, from borrow. Thank you, sir. Thank you. How do people find you and or Fabaro? Uh,
2: Fabaro.com, dot F-A-B-I-R-O.com. <laughs>
0: All right, very good. Mr. Puma, thank you, sir. How do people find thank you? You?
1: Tim. you, can find me at, on Twitter at ToddAnthonyPuma, or you can find me at ResidentialSystems.com or TheSourceHomeTheater.com. Right,
0: very good. Awesome. And last but not least, Mr. Doug uh, Seaman, thank you, sir.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Uh, how do people uh, real quickly, and, and um, I'll give I'll give you the, the opportunity to plug, but but you're a, a primarily residential dealer moving into commercial, so mm-hmm. you're going to Infocom this year. Why why are you going?
3: Well, we took a look at the commercial market relative to the residential market and saw some opportunities. Um, <clears throat> from a business standpoint, we think it's it's a good market to be in. Um, there's pros and cons to each side of the industry. Um, you can take some good from Resi and apply it to commercial and vice versa, commercial back to Resi. They are different animals anybody who's stepped foot in both worlds understands. But going into the commercial market, um, that's really what it came down to. And personally, I, I want to get the certification, the CTS certification that makes me stand out from another vendor that may get us in the door a little bit better.
0: Right, very good. All right. So we will see him in, in, in Vegas. How do people find you or Ecosystems?
3: Um, I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me there, and you can find us at EcosystemsMidwest.com. All
0: right, very good. Uh, last but not least, my name is Tim Albright. Don't follow me at this point. I'm doing nothing more than crossing my fingers and rooting for the Blues. Uh, that's a hockey fun that. thing. Thing. So, yeah. I'm
2: from Chicago, so I'm a little a little sour.
0: <laughs> God love you. You know, I have a lot of friends in Chicago. But my buddy Dave Hatz, who works for AVI Systems, big big Chicago uh, Blackhawks fan. So. He gave me some advice the other day about making it past the first round cuz we 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 don't do that very often in St. Louis. Uh at least not in hockey. Baseball's Good a longer story. So yeah, thank Good you. Luck. Uh go by the website though. Lots of really cool people did a lot of hard Rams. work. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a Bears fan though. So I'm a weird one. I'm a St. Louis guy who who's a Bears fan and a Blues fan. So it's weird. Um, but yeah, go by the website avnation.tv. Avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others. Mentioned Infocom. Holy cow, do we have a lot of stuff going on? Uh, just check out a couple pages we've got there. I'm teaching classes. Josh Rago teaching classes. George Tucker's teaching classes. All kinds of folks are, are doing stuff. We've got our tweet up on Thursday between four and six uh, in room two hundred five. Check that out, and we'll be doing AV Week, and we'll be doing this program. Uh, from uh, from the floor of event.com. So check that out. avnation.tv, <coughs> avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. This has been Rissy Week.